We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 126 of the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Got a packed show for you guys. I break down the Gamecocks 24-20 loss to North Carolina, including the game itself. Will Muschamp, Jake Bentley, the outlook for this South Carolina Gamecocks football program going throughout the 2019 football season, much, much more. Also, a ton of listener questions and voicemails regarding the game that I'm going to get to break everything down. And we're going to have a conversation of exactly just what happened on Saturday and how, how can South Carolina regroup and recover from what's an embarrassing loss, embarrassing way to start the 2019 football season. Also, do have a fantastic interview with former Gamecock shortstop Bobby Haney uh, as we discuss his playing days at South Carolina. Gamecock football, the South Carolina-North Carolina game. Ray Tanner, uh, his job status, Will Muschamp, much, much more in that conversation there as well. Before we get into everything, this is a broadcast coming to you by our friends over at Tanny Hills Group Therapy. Yes, Tanny Hills Group Therapy, the oldest bar in five points owned by legendary USC quarterback Steve Tannehill. They've got great specials for you guys, including Taco Tuesday, Wing Wednesday. They're perfect if you're a local and you want to grab a bite to eat. Or maybe if you're in town for game day or if you're in town for the weekend, you want to have a fun night out in the town, Tanny Hills is the place to go. Again, that's Tanny Hills Group Therapy located in down in five points. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show, coming to you as always. Going to talk about what happened on Saturday. Uh, Gamecocks falling to North Carolina 24-20 to by now. I'm sure you guys already sort of know my thoughts, uh, but wanted to come to you guys, obviously, and kind of rehash and go back over what happened on Saturday. Uh, as, you, as you could probably hear from the intro, you know, normally I'm pretty, pretty amped up, pretty fired up, you know, doing the show. I mean, I love doing this stuff, so I'm pretty fired up, but uh, – this is probably one of the tougher shows that I've uh, I've ever done. You know, um, you know, it's I I'm torn because I have a million things to say, but I'm also speechless. I'm I'm literally speechless on what we saw on Saturday. Um, twenty four to twenty, North Carolina wins. Gamecocks were up what thirteen to six at halftime which you guys saw my halftime update. I, I thought the first half was very blah. I, I wasn't impressed with the first half. Um, 
But Gamecocks get up 20 to 9. You know, you think maybe South Carolina's going to pull away. Maybe maybe pull away and make it kind of a game like I predicted, which, you know, South Carolina pulled away late, maybe make it a 27 to 9 game, something like that. Nope. UNC scores 15 points in the the, uh, the fourth quarter to pull out a 24 to 20 win. Um, and now the South Carolina fan base, and myself included in that, I think feels as lost, confused, upset as it's ever been. Um, talking about the game specifically, because I feel like I could – I feel like personally I could just talk about everything else going on from the game, not even so much on the field. But, I mean, th- there really weren't a whole lot of bright spots when you look at South Carolina on Saturday. I mean, Gamecocks, UNC had more first downs. They were better on third down. Uh, UNC had 483 total yards. Gamecocks, 270. Um, only 142 yards passing. Jake Bentley, a terrible day, 16 for 30, 142 yards, a touchdown and two picks. Um, you know, Gamecocks with 128 rushing yards, UNC with 238 rushing yards, 238. Uh, they averaged 4.6 yards per carry. Gamecocks with nine penalties, UNC with 10, so it's kind of a sloppy game in that regard, but South Carolina with the two turnovers. Um, Tavian Feaster, 13 carries, 72 yards, and a touchdown. I thought the running backs actually didn't look bad. I thought Tavian and Rico early on looked really good. Obviously, Tavian with the touchdown early on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just to get – I'll get the positives out of the way, and then I'll kind of go into my, my spiel, my rant, if you will. But, you know, Kyle Markway, I thought was a bright spot, you know, the, the tight end position where we have so many questions and so many injuries and we're not sure, you know, who's going to be that guy. I thought Kyle Markway looked very capable. Um, like I said, I thought Feaster and Rico looked pretty good. You know, we obviously had tons of questions about the running back position. So I think both showed they're capable. Um, Ernest Jones on defense was a guy to me that really was flying around on Saturday. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think, man. I mean, Javon Kinlaw, I guess, made a couple plays here and there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the return game actually was pretty good. Uh, Brian with a couple nice returns. I like Shy Smith back there returning kicks. So, you know, that was good. Um, other than that, though, yeah. I mean, I don't know really what positives you can take away from Saturday's game. I mean, a game that, again, South Carolina opened up as a seven, seven-and-a-half-point favorite, came into the game about a 12-and-a-half, almost a two-touchdown favorite. Gamecocks really get pushed around from the start. You know, again, you guys at this point, if you're listening to this show, you've already seen all my comments, hashtag fire Will Muschamp. Um, you already kind of saw me go off after the game, which – I want to point out is very uncharacteristic of me. I, I'm not a hot take guy, and I'm I'm not a shock jock. I'm not a guy who's just going to put something up because I'm trying to get retweets or likes or views or anything, man. But I am genuinely done. I am done. I have supported Will Muschamp. I have supported what he's building at South Carolina, the program, everything, the way they're doing things. I've gone on radio shows and supported Will Muschamp but I am officially done. I'm done. I'm done with Will Muschamp. And, and, you know, the thing is, you guys know I've been super critical of Jake Bentley. I was a year ago. But this goes to me. Like, and obviously, here's the thing. I didn't come in the season thinking Jake Bentley was going to be something he hasn't been. You know what I mean? We're all hopeful. 
we all have hopes that Jake is going to finally take that next step and maybe be a top three or four quarterback in the SEC. We're all hopeful for that. But I never had these, like, unfair expectations that Jake Bentley all of a sudden is going to throw 40 touchdowns and five interceptions and just be this amazing quarterback for South Carolina. So, to me, and that's why you saw after the game, it's a, that, this loss is 100% on the coaching staff. I mean, you had eight months. You had eight months to get ready for this game. And South Carolina, man, they didn't even look prepared to play. South Carolina, and it's crazy, sitting in the stadium, that game, it felt like an extension of the Virginia game. It just – it honestly felt like we just picked up right where we left off in Virginia. It felt – it had the same exact vibe as Virginia. And this loss is way more inexcusable than that one. Listen, that loss to Virginia, bowl game, you know, I, like I said it before, it's a meaningless game, it's a bowl game, whatever. This was your season opener for 2019. You had the entire offseason to stew over that embarrassment in Charlotte last year. You come out here, you play with no fire, no intensity, no emotion. You look unprepared. You're not ready to play. You get lit up defensively by a true freshman quarterback who's out there. Jake Bentley looked like the true freshman. Sam Howell, hey, I will tell you this, man. I'm left that stadium with a tip of the cap to Sam Howell. Sam Howell is a great player. And I'll tell you what, man, I'd love if Sam Howell was our quarterback. UNC's got a bright future with him under center. That kid's a good quarterback. He can make all the throws. He made touch throws. He was smart with the football and most of the time, except for a couple occasions. But the kid looked really good. Jake Bentley. And listen, everybody wants to say it's not all on him. It's not all his fault, whatever. So I will say, South Carolina's offensive line, abysmal. I, I could not believe how bad they looked. I mean, Jake Bentley was dodging guys for his life out there, making plays. Uh, the You know, the – the elusiveness of Jake Bentley, I'll say, was certainly a positive for him. But, come on, man. Overall, you miss a wide-open touchdown pass that would have given you the lead. You just make bad decisions, bad throws in a coverage. You had four turnovers in the final, what, four minutes? Or maybe was it three turnovers in the final four minutes? You know. I mean, North Carolina thought so much of us offensively. They need the ball at midfield and gave it back to us with a chance to win the game. Because they knew we wouldn't. I mean, Will Muschamp has completely lost this fan base. I, I'll tell you this, guys. I've – and, again, listen, you, you know, anyone who's been following me long enough and can think with a clear mind as well knows that I am not a – I don't normally have those kind of takes. I'm normally on the side of, like, let's don't overreact. Let's – you know, let's keep it together, if you will. You know, let's keep this thing together. Like, and I, again, I've gone on radio shows and talked to my own podcast and defended Will Muschamp the entire offseason. But I'm officially done, man. It's hashtag fire Will Muschamp from here on out. You know, I mean, I, I hope that I have to eat my words. And I, I'm like, I'm a positive person. I'm an optimistic person in life. And I'm an optimistic Gamecock fan, I would say, as well. So I hope, but I, I mean – I hope and pray that I we we win eleven straight, and I'm sitting here sounding like a dumbass and looking like a dumbass, and I have to eat my words. I would love nothing more than that, but that ain't gonna happen for one. And for two, again, I, I'm not a hot take guy, but I had to just I, I had to get it off my chest. I, that that game Saturday, 
I mean, as you can tell, I'm just at a loss for words. I'm at a loss for words. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. I don't think Muschamp is ever going to get out of his own way when it comes to offensively. Brian McClendon. I mean, what in the world happened with Brian? The play calling was abysmal. 17 seconds left with, what, two or three timeouts before the first half is over. You have a chance to go up another score. You kneel on the ball. I mean, if that's not a summary of Will Muschamp philosophically, this football team, the confidence even that this team has, I don't know what is. You know, I, I mean, I was emb- – I mean, I'm, I'm still embarrassed. <laughs> I, I woke up Sunday, man, and that's the funny thing is a lot of people were – you know, it was so funny, and I'm not – I don't really don't want to highlight these people, but, you know, it was so funny – People had their different opinions about me posting all these videos and the narrative that like, oh, bro, you're just out there, you, you know, you're, don't, don't, you're, you're drunk, bro. You're drunk. You're drunk. And, yeah, I had some drinks at the tailgate. I mean, you ever been to a tailgate before? Who doesn't? That wasn't me drunk, man. That was me pissed, upset, passionate. I love the USC program, man. And I said that in my video. I love the USC program. Love it. All I want to see is success. And I don't think we're in the best possible position to be successful right now. I mean, I, I there's nobody that hates it more than me in the sense that I don't think it's a good idea to fire your head coach after four years. Like, I've talked about that before. You can't realistically build a program doing that. But we are going nowhere. We're going nowhere. And I know it's crazy because even I think to myself, like, am I being too harsh? Am I – do I need to take a step back? And Because, you know, it's like it's only it's only one game. But – it has less to do with the fact that we lost. Like, it, it's, the, it's the representation of the culture within this program that South Carolina could literally – you had eight months to get ready. You had eight months to get ready. And I think you guys probably all saw Tory Gurley's video, former Gamecocks wide receiver, Tory Gurley's video. I thought he said it best. This is a – for whatever reason, you know, and I'm not in the building – you know, I'm, this is all me just kind of talking, you know, just talking. But it, it does feel like we got a lot of guys who think their shit doesn't stink, man. We got a lot of guys who think they're really good that really aren't. We got a lot of guys that are big-time ball players and they're really not. You know? I mean, it's just inexcusable. It, what we saw is inexcusable and it's a fireable offense. It is. Again, it's one game, sure. We got 11 more games to go. I mean, bro, what do y'all think Bama's going to do to us? <laughs> or if you thought Saturday was bad, I mean, it's hard to fathom. It's hard to explain. I, I feel like I've been, I've been swindled all over again the same way I was swindled after the, 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 Belk, the Belk Bowl. But even the Belk Bowl, I said, you know what? We've still got this program in the right direction. It's a bowl game. We didn't show up. It is what it is. But you had an entire offseason to think about that game and to get it right and to get right the ship and to get revenge on that and to come in this season and, you know, give your fan base something to cheer about, something to be proud about. And that's the performance you put on the field. Will Muschamp goes up. You, you go up 20 to 9 and you take your foot off the gas pedal, let, let UNC come all the way back and beat you. <laughs> I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm fed up with it. Uh, the one thing I was actually going to say earlier now just came back to my head. The crazy thing to me is, though, you know, normally when you, you put some type of content up like that or some video or whenever you just put an opinion on the Internet, 
you know, you normally kind of have it split most of the time kind of down the middle, maybe 60, 40, one way of people have their opinion. Maybe they agree with you. And then some people don't agree with you. And that, you know, I love the banter. That's what makes it great. I've never seen the South Carolina fan base, honestly, so united on one side in this. I mean, at this point, if you're trying to explain why Muschamp is still the right guy or why Bentley's still the right quarterback, you are vastly in the minority. You are vastly in the minority. I mean, I would say gauging just from social media, it's like 97% are on the fire Muschamp train. And again, I'm not normally a guy that's like on this, you know, I saw some tweets today this hot take crusade. Everybody wants to have a hot take. I don't think Muschamp being fired is a hot take at all. I think it's a fair take. Now, is he actually going to get fired? Not right now. Got a $22 million buyout. It goes down to $18 million if he's fired after December 31st. But South Carolina's kind of screwed with this. They're handcuffed. They're being held hostage. These contracts, I tell you what, man. <laughs> These college football programs, these contracts, I don't know what who thought it was a good idea to set up contracts this way. But, man, man, I mean, you talk about being just in a bad spot. And, you know, Ray Tanner's catching a lot of the heat, too. And I, I'd say Ray Tanner should probably go as well. Listen, man, God, you hate to say that. Ray's a legendary baseball coach. Two national titles at South Carolina, all these SEC titles, I mean – the tradition, the history, but Ray Tanner, you are not an AD, my friend. You are not an athletic director. Look at the results on the field. That's how that's how Ray Tanner's judged. Hey, guess what else Ray Tanner's not good at? Being a business person, fundraising, things that are really important to be an AD. Look at the results, though. Will Muschamp was his was his hire, his crown jewel hire. You know. And, again, it, it feels weird talking about Ray Tanner because I think most of us don't even understand really the inner workings on a day-to-day basis of what it is that Ray Tanner does. But he's going to be judged the same off of the success of the athletics department. And in the major sports, football, baseball, and basketball, South Carolina has been average to below average during his tenure. I mean, Gamecocks football is a freaking mess. Baseball is coming off its worst season in who knows how long. I mean, basketball, there's a lot of optimism for basketball this year, but God forbid if South Carolina misses the tournament again this year, you probably should make a change there as well. So, I, you know, I, I think Ray Tanner should probably – I think, you know, with Bob, with Bob Castlin being the new USC president, I, it wouldn't bother me at all if he cleaned house. I mean, it, it just at this point, man, I don't understand how anybody can justifiably say – you know, no, things are headed in the right direction. Will Muschamp's the right guy. And I feel so – honestly, man, I feel sorry for the players. I feel sorry for our players because they're taking a lot of heat. You notice I haven't really put a lot of the blame on the players. I, you know, even Bentley. Listen, I'm not putting – I'm not spending this entire podcast bashing Jake Bentley because Jake Bentley just sort of is who he is at this point. I hate to say it that way, too, but Jake Bentley is who he is. He is an inconsistent, erratic college football quarterback. That's just who he is. So, 
But I'm not even sure that Jake's being put in the best possible position to succeed. I mean, the play calling's baffling. I don't know what happened to Brian McClendon. It's hard for me to believe that this offense scored the way they did against Clemson last year. It, it blows my mind, honestly. You know, but Jake is who he is. But, you know, there's obviously a lot of fans clamoring for Ryan Holinsky, and I agree. I mean, listen, I, I, the only way – the only way Will Muschamp can salvage getting this fan base even remotely back on his side, there has to be a change at quarterback. There, there just has to be. You – you can – at least Holinsky's got to be in the game plan to, hey, we're, we're playing him. We're playing him half the game against CSU. We're going to get him in there, we're, you know, and we're going to groom him because we understand. And they're not going to come out publicly and say it, you know, every week's a season, you know what I mean? It's all the, the BS talk, the, you know, must champs coach speak. Every week's a season. But you got to really look at the bigger picture. And, I mean, I hate to say it. <laughs> who, who hates to say it more than me? I told my buddy after I, when I was leaving Charlotte. So, bro, I, I live this every day. I can't get away from this. Who hates it more than I do? And I'm not saying I'm a bigger fan than anybody. Like, like you guys get what I'm saying. Like, I hate this. But for Will Muschamp to get the, get the fan base back on his side at all, there's got to be a change at quarterback. You just cannot realistically go into Charleston Southern and then go into Bama, Mizzou, and just say, well, we're just, you know, we're going to stick with what we're doing. We're just going to make some changes on the offensive line and the secondary. And we're just going to – we're just going to stick what we've been doing before. Like, you just cannot – you're not going to sell that to the fan base. I mean, it's, it's a shame, and I want to make it clear. I'm not promoting it, but I am stating the obvious. It's a shame that – I mean, there's a chance Jake Bentley gets booed when he comes on the field Saturday. God forbid when he throw, if he throws a pick. Good Lord. I, South Carolina fans are sick and tired of Will Muschamp. They're tired of Jake Bentley. They're, most of them are really tired of Ray Tanner as well. And I don't know how they get that. I don't know how – I don't know how a guy like Jake Bentley gets his fan base back on his side. I mean, besides just playing out of his mind. Other than that, man, I, you know – I don't know. I don't know. So, it's uh, – I'll tell you what, the hashtag Firewall Muschamp video that I threw out, pretty crazy how kind of kind of viral that went. I think it's got like 17,000 views now. For one thing, I want to say, yes, guys, I know I was sunburnt. I know I'm, I freaking am sunburnt. Um, one thing I do want to say, too, on a positive note, the Spurs Up show tailgate on Saturday. Thank you for everyone. I know this is really late in the show, but – Thank you to everyone who stopped by. It was a blast. The tailgate was a blast. Really, the whole weekend was a blast until 3.30 on Saturday. So, all the Gamecock fans that I met that uh, came to the tailgate, whatever, interacted with, I want to say thank you to you guys. Again, your support means the world. It keeps, keeps me going on games like this. <laughs> Shows like this keeps me going. So, I really, really do appreciate it. Seriously, though, I mean, it was just an awesome time. Um, but, yeah, the, the tailgate was certainly the highlight of the weekend. I mean, I, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? I mean, I, like I, I tweeted, I think, at the end of the game, I said, what do y'all want me to say? What do y'all want me to say? Because I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what's left to say. You know? 
I mean, that we there's no need to sugarcoat him. And that loss was bad. That loss was bad. That's a bad UNC team. That's not a good football team. That was a two-win team a year ago. Why do I why why coming out of that game, sitting here right now on this podcast, do I feel like North Carolina's program is in a better place than South Carolina's program? North Carolina, with a first-year head coach and a true freshman quarterback, is in a better spot as a program than South Carolina with a fourth-year head coach and a fourth-year senior quarterback. How is that possible? How is that possible? And let's get off the offense for a second. Let's talk defense. I mean, I hey – one of the most inexcusable things about the Wilmot's Champ era right now and what we saw Saturday, bro, listen, we knew when we hired Wilmot's Champ, he was not good offensively. He just He's a destroyer of quarterbacks. That was at least the reputation. We knew the risk we were taking. But what we also knew was, hey, Wilmot's Champ, he's a defensive guy. Our defense is going to be stacked and whatever. You know, we'll have a good defense if nothing else. Dude, it is year four. South Carolina got gashed by UNC. 238 rushing yards the Gamecocks gave up. All we've heard all offseason is how this is Will Muschamp's best team and there's veteran presence here and there and the front seven and the secondary. and Those guys got gashed, man. Two 90-plus yard drives in the second half they gave up to a true freshman quarterback. J.C. Horn lets an interception go right through his hands. Israel McQuamu beat down the sideline for a touchdown. John Dixon looks lost, looks lost on a touchdown catch. Jam Williams, what in the world has happened to Jam Williams? I mean, it feels like uh, the, 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 the monsters from Space Jam came and took his talent because he looks – it's absurd how bad he looks. Absurd how bad he looks. And, again, Javon Kinlaw blocking a field goal Saturday. Had an okay game. But as just as a whole, the entire defensive unit, it's bad. And that's supposed to be must chance bread and butter. I mean, this is going to be a very interesting week, man, for South Carolina, for Will Muschamp, for Jake Bentley, for everybody, for South Carolina football. I mean, we're at a tipping point, man. <laughs> You know, and I was I talked with Bobby Haney about this in the interview, but you know, this is going to come off really bad, and I'm sure somebody will clip this and try to make me seem like an asshole. I'm almost glad we lost. And hear me out when I say that. Like, I wouldn't have wanted to win that game 27-24, and then we. You know, we have the, well, you know, it's just the first game and this and that and, you know, whatever. It's just the first game. Like, no, if there are real issues here, we need to just go ahead and get them out in the open. Because the worst place to be in sports is stuck in mediocrity. And what I mean by that is being a 500 team. You see it a lot in pro sport. There's a reason teams tank, right? Because when you're going six and six, seven and five as a head coach, especially at South Carolina, you're just good enough to stay off the hot seat and retain your job and things of that nature. But you're not bad enough. You're, you're not good enough to win anything of substance, but you're also not bad enough to get fired. Now it's like, you know, 
with what happened on Saturday, at least we can get it out in the open and say change is needed. Change is needed. Change is absolutely needed. You know, again, I, I'm sure you guys, a lot of you listening, you know, you guys saw my videos on Twitter. You probably saw the Periscope video, which I'm not going to rehash and retell that entire story about the, uh, my experiences at Will Mustang. If you guys want to see that, it's in my post-game reactions on Periscope. But the one thing I'll say about it, man, if you, you know, if you want to be an asshole, if you want to act a certain way, if you want to run your program how you want to run it, that is totally fine, and that's probably something you should do. You're the head football coach. But you better win. <laughs> you better win. <laughs> you better show progress, and you better win. You can't be an asshole and be a loser. It's a good life lesson to live there by. All right, let's get into some listener questions. I've said a lot, but you guys had a lot to say as well. Obviously, I'm, I'm going to run through these fairly quick. Again, there were a ton of listener questions, and you guys left a ton of voicemails too. So I'm actually really excited to get into these because there's obviously a lot to talk about. Um, Z Blackwood 29, how many more weeks of subpar quarterback play do we have to stomach before seeing number three? I hope none. Again, I, the only way Muschamp gets his fan base remotely back in his corner is to let Ryan Holinsky play and inject just some hope in this fan base. Because, listen, I'm not sitting here and say, oh, Jake Bentley's going to come – or Ryan Holinsky's going to be inserted and all of a sudden South Carolina's going to be a great team. But at least if we throw Ryan Holinsky in there and we see some progress and we see some promise from him, at least it'll give the fan base hope. that You know what? This really just was a Bentley problem. Because there's a lot of people that still think that. I mean, I don't think they're totally wrong either. I'll be honest with you guys, though. I'm at the point – I'm scared to get Holinsky in there because I don't want Muschamp to ruin him. I, I'm scared Will Muschamp will ruin Ryan Holinsky at this point. I, I mean, what has Will Muschamp done with quarterbacks in his coaching career that lets you think, hey, you know, Will Muschamp's going to have a positive impact on Ryan Holinsky? I don't know. So, Eric James, 8454, is hope alive? If you change quarterbacks, it is. Brennan underscore Smith 47, do we start Ryan and let him get the freshman growing pains out? I mean, what other choice do you have? You got to play him. If nothing else, you got to play him. Brandon underscore Smith 47, again, is this the beginning of the end for Muschamp? I believe so. Hashtag fire Muschamp. I mean, I just I, – that's the train I'm on. I, mean, I can't – I can't believe I'm saying it either. <laughs> but here we are. I mean, <laughs> we've seen enough. We've seen enough. I've seen enough. K underscore hop 12. What are the odds Muschamp seriously makes a change and goes to Linsky? You know, I wish I could say they were really good. But knowing Will Muschamp and his just undying loyalty to Jake Bentley, the odds, I'd say there's a 25%. I think there's a 75% chance Jake Bentley starting against Charleston Southern, and that's sad. Mac Birch underscore is Zelensky or Joyner starting in Charleston Southern? We'll have to find out, but I highly doubt it. Um, he also says, was it bad coaching or just bad playing? I mean, I think it was definitely a combination of the two. But when your team's not even ready to play, when they don't even look half interested in playing, that's a coaching issue, man. It's a coaching issue, 100%. 
Neil 18 Desai, although it's clear that we want Muschamp and the Bentley's gone, will they actually fire him? I talked about the buyout. I think that's something that's going to stop it. Zero two Brigham, what happened with the D line and its rush blocking? <laughs> I don't. That's a great question. Front seven non-existing and 238 rushing yards. Maybe we're just not as good as we thought. Mr. Under, Mr. Underscore Incredible Zero One, do we even win five games this season? I mean, the one positive, I guess, for South Carolina is there are a lot of other teams that look terrible too. This this once, you know, this once toughest schedule in the country now features teams like Missouri, who lost to Wyoming, Tennessee, who lost to Georgia State, which is insane. You know, you still got Vanderbilt, you still got Charleston Southern. You'd think Kentucky at home. Hell, you'd think that one, but <laughs> who knows? Couldn't even beat UNC. Um, Thomas underscore Brady underscore H. Why didn't Muschamp use Feaster more, like fourth and one? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the fourth and one decision to punt the ball from midfield, I mean, that's that's Will Muschamp's tenure in a nutshell. That's Will Muschamp in a nutshell. He, Will Muschamp is the kind of coach – that wants to win a game 20 to 9. He does. He he wants to win a game 23 to 17. That is Will Muschamp. He wants to get a lead and then lean on his defense. And you just cannot play ball that way. You can't play ball that way. Um, P. Clemens 6. When do you think they will give another quarterback a chance besides Charleston Southern this week? I mean, I think he should play every week. <laughs> I think he should play every single week. Um, so, I don't know when, but I think he should play every week. Gamecocks.country, how many losses will it take for Muschamp to be fired, and how is he not on the hot seat right now? I think he's certainly on the hot seat. I mean, look at the reaction from the South Carolina fan. Dude, it's, it is Sunday night going into Monday, and people are still furious and will continue to be – the. I mean, listen, must, what can Muschamp say Tuesday at his presser? What can he say that we, like, what can he say that, what can he say to us? What can he say to South Carolina fans at this point that they're going to take him seriously? John underscore Wilgus underscore IV. Can we stop playing, quote, I've been, I've got to play better, end quote, by Jake Bentley on repeat, please. This song is so old. I agree. Just the same old, same old bullshit talk from all of them. Um, Drew, Drew Evett, 24. How much do you think that game and future games will affect recruiting? Well, Lovacy Carroll decommitted. Whatever that means. I mean, it's, it's, here's the thing. I think recruiting is a lot more than just results on the field, but it certainly doesn't help. B underscore Shaq 23, trying to be optimistic. Are there any positives to take away from that game? Like I said, Kyle Markway looked good. I think Tavian Feaster is a good player. I mean, that, that's a positive. Other than that, no, not really. USC now 15. Who would you want as the next head coach? I think Dino Babers has been a popular name. Mike Leach, Matt Campbell. These are just, again, I'm not saying that the South Carolina could get these guys, but I think Dino Babers is the guy that everybody's kind of got their eye on. Will Rooney 11, would starting number three next week restore some faith in head coach and give fans some hope? I, I think so. And I think it's a, it's a must. You have to. 
This fan base has lost hope. <laughs> this fan base has lost hope. Also, Will Rooney says, did you see Tory Gurley's comments? And if so, do you agree why or why not? 100% agree. 100%. I talked a little bit earlier on the podcast. 100%. 110% agree what Tory said. You know, I mean, this – I don't know if it's a – listen, I'm not like some old head, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not – I don't like to bash the current generation or – but, like, is it an entitlement issue? Is it something to do with the athlete in 2019 that we have guys that think their shit doesn't stink or that they're really, really good ball players when they're not? They ain't won anything. What have y'all won? What have y'all done? I'll tell you what, that's been one of the crazier things to me too, man, is like when something happens, I mean, people are upset, right? But, dude, you've got freaking former play, like alumni that are just fed up. And when that starts happening, that's how change happens. So, <laughs> I mean – you know, that, I, I loved his comments. They were truth. They were truth. Snowman one, do you give Muschamp more time if he switches quarterbacks and makes progress? I mean, I, I think that's his only way, like, out. Or, again, to get the fan base back. If he switched quarterbacks, South Carolina goes, hell, they go six and six. It's like, all right, cool. We've got some hope, some momentum, whatever. Maybe it was just a Bentley thing. That Bolton boy. So, forget this season. Can you talk on next season any? It's crazy. We're one game through, and we're talking about 2020. I mean, it'll be Ryan Holinsky's team. Ryan Holinsky or Luke Doty. So, you know, things will change to some extent. How much? Who knows? Um, Nick underscore Brooke underscore Cobb. What if Muschamp gets things corrected and we beat Alabama or Georgia? Nick, I, I'm again, I'm as optimistic as they come. We'll be lucky to stay within 28 points of Alabama. And Georgia on the road, we ain't winning that one either. I mean, I, I again, I'm as optimistic as they come, my man. But I'm, let's just stop. Let's, let's cut the bullshit. Let's just, let's stop playing games, right? Let's stop. Let's stop. Ashton underscore Reynolds underscore. More harmful to South Carolina. Hurricane Dorian or Jake Bentley. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, let's see. CL Hall 4. Has much cha- has Muschamp lost the fan base? I, I believe so. I mean, look, look at it. It's obvious. Obvious. He's completely – I think Muschamp and Bentley have completely lost the fan base. Um, okay, so let's get into some voicemails now. This is this will be really fun. Um, got a ton of voicemails, too, I'm going to air here. Again, there's a bunch of them, so I may not get to all of them. If I don't, I'm, I apologize. But uh, I want to start with a former Gamecocks baseball player that you guys that you guys may recognize here. He decided, he decided to call in, so I, I want to go ahead and air his first. Hey, man, this is Michael Roth. I'm just – leaving a voicemail because after this loss at the UNC game, everything's okay. I'm sitting at a restaurant. Life is good. I'm going to go back and join my wine after this. And um, who cares, you know? So uh, move on. Have a good one. And um, I'm just going to go enjoy this bottle of wine and take that down, and, and you guys have a good one. Former Gamecocks pitcher, guy who guy who knows a thing or two about winning big games, huh? Michael Roth. Mike, appreciate you uh... – 
appreciate you calling in, Michael. I appreciate it. That's cool. <laughs> I think we all could have used a bottle of wine or a fifth of liquor or however you needed to, to drown your sorrows Saturday night for sure. Hey, Spurs Up Show. This is Dale from Edgefield. Long-time listener, first-time caller. You know, I just wanted to call in and talk about yesterday's game. Um, it really set me over the edge. Now, I'm so sick and tired of this coaching staff and Jake Bentley and everybody talked about how great of an offseason he had, how many yards he threw for against Clemson. And, oh, it just, I, I was just had such high expectations. Hell, I thought maybe we could win 10 games, slip up and beat one of Clemson or Alabama or Georgia, but hell, we can't even beat the worst team in their damn conference. I, I just, I, I'm so damn tired. And for anybody who wants to know, uh, I got tickets for every game for the rest of the year. I ain't going no more until they fire Muschamp. I, I just, I'm really, really honest to God. I woke up this morning and I was sick to my stomach. And I can't tell if it was from all the alcohol I had to consume after the game or if it was just because that sorry excuse of a football program we got. Either way, spurs up. Go Cox. Thanks. All right. Appreciate you calling in. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the fan base echoes, you know, echoes your sentiment. And I've seen a lot of people say they're not going back to another game until Will Muschamp's fired. I mean, this fan base is fed up, man. This fan base has been through a lot. This fan base has been through too much to get the kind of effort we saw on Saturday. So, appreciate it, man. Hey, <clears throat> woke up this morning and feel the exact same. Really, just all around mad at the team, mad at the coaching staff. Time for change, man. We've been giving them four years, so I think it's time for change. With Holinsky, I mean, I don't know if you put Holinsky in or Joiner, one of the two. Uh, but Brian McClendon's on offensive coordinator. That's all I gotta say. Appreciate the call. Yeah, can't really disagree. I'm just going to kind of roll through these voicemails because you can imagine a lot of them are kind of the same, very similar comments. Hey, Chris, this is Michael McKee, long-time listener, first-time caller in. Uh, but I was at the game today, and I'll be honest, I've been going to Carolina games. I'm only 22 years old, so whatever. But I've been going to games my whole life, and that was the first – that was the worst – most embarrassed I've ever been as a Carolina fan as far as like losing to an inferior opponent and just from the time I've been pulling for Carolina feeling like we didn't have the guy for the job on the sidelines like I've been a Will Muschamp advocate since they first started since they first hired him and I feel like not ha not having the ball to go for a fourth and one with a fourth year starter starting quarterback either means you recruited the wrong guy or you're just not the man for the job. You're not the man to be able to make those decisions. So I think he's not the right guy for the job. And Ray Tanner has proven time and time again that he's not the right guy for the job as athletic director of a major collegiate fo football and athletic program as a whole because big three sports, they blow right now. So, And I don't even know if you want to air this or not, but do with it what you will. I just feel like I needed to say that. Love the show. Think you're doing a great job. And uh, keep keeping everybody keep everybody accountable. Thanks, man. Michael, good buddy. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, good. I mean, hey, <laughs> good words. I, you know, agree with everything you said. So.
Hey, Chris. Love the show. Appreciate everything you're doing. Um, but after tonight's game, like, we've, we've all seen this movie before. Dunley, Dunley just doesn't have it. Granted, the play calling was terrible in the second half. But if Muschamp wants to keep his job, he needs to go to Helensky. At least let the new quarterback get ready. There is nothing Bentley has shown that he can beat a ranked team. Nothing. And now he's overthrowing a wide-open Shai Smith for a game winner, then taking another sack when all you have to do is not get a sack there. It's sad. It's a demoralizing loss. And the season probably won't be fun. But if Muschamp wants to be the head coach, he needs to go to Holinsky. Let the young guy play. The Shai Smith overthrow was emblematic of Bentley's career. He's the same player he was as a freshman. He hasn't gotten any better. The only difference is there's no Debo Samuel to bail him out this year. Sorry. If your ceiling is six wins, and that is probably generous right now, put the stud freshman in. Look at the future, Coach Muschamp, or your ass is going to be get less in the in the past. Ugh, tough game. It's going to be a tough season. Love the show, Chris. Yeah, appreciate it, man. No, I mean, and you, again, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think the thing that is so concerning with South Carolina fans is that Jake Bentley has actually regressed since his freshman season. He was better as a freshman. He was better as a freshman than he is as a senior, in my opinion. So, you know, yeah. <sighs> Hey, what's going on? It's Sean here. Um, you know, it was a tough game to watch here in Charlotte, but my question, honestly, is not about, you know, fire mushroom. It's question is about, like, hey, you know, we recruited five-star quarterback to carry on Joiner. We really wanted him to stay. Is it time to bring in a new quarterback? Like, that's my question that I'm asking, you know. I, I think I think it is that time because it's like, you know, I, I just wasn't impressed with uh, Jake Bentley's performance today. But, you know, it, 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 it things being wrong about, you know, how I feel about Jake Bentley and his career. But, you know, I, I just think that's the move to make now in his senior year, moving to Ryan Helinski. So. What do you think about that? Is that the right move to make other than, you know, a coach change now today? Yeah, I mean, I appreciate the voicemail, Sean. I mean, I don't think it's just the right move. I think it's the move you have to make, you know? I mean, what other choice – how else can you get this fan base back on your side? This fan base has just got to have some hope, like I said earlier. And right now it has none. So I, you have to make. I think it's a, a move you have to make. Chris, it's uh, Spurs up USC here, John. Here's my question for you: What is our biggest accomplishment over the last four years in football? Tell me. We don't have anything. Have we beat Clemson? Have we beat Georgia? Have we beat Kentucky? Have we beat Texas A&M? Have we beat UNC? 
tell me what's our basic accomplishment. Yeah, John, appreciate the voicemail. I mean, you, you make a very, very, very valid point. I mean, the must champ tenure, the Gamecocks don't have a signature win. They have one win over a ranked opponent, and that was Tennessee in 2016 when that when that program was beginning to fall apart. I mean, what is South Carolina football? You know, South Carolina football, their biggest accomplishment in four years has been an Outback Bowl win and a game that really they got handed and probably shouldn't have won. So, outside of that, yeah, trust me, I hear you loud and clear, my man. I've been a Carolina fan my whole life. But after today, I don't know what else to say. We just got dominated in the fourth quarter. The first three quarters we played, we played fantastic. We we beat them up and down the field. But the fourth quarter, we just played like trash. It just brings me to thinking, can Will Muschamp not play a black quarterback? Is he racist? Where um, – wh- what are we thinking? Can he – or is he is he is he afraid of having no fans on the field because a black man is playing quarterback? Because there were none in the stadium today, so it can't get no worse than that. So, like, what are you thinking? Like, at least try out the black man. I'll take my comments off there. All right, that's an, that's an interesting take, a different take, but a take nonetheless. So, um, <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> Hey, this is Sean from Atlanta with some thoughts on tonight's game and Mars Camp and Bentley and all this mess. Uh, 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 Champ has got to – he's got to put Bentley on the bench. He's just got to. The thing about Champ is is that he sees Bentley in practice, and he says, wow, this kid's great. You know, we all know that Bentley did just – you know, he won the Manning Passing Academy or whatever – whatever the heck that crap was this summer, right? We all know that in practice, Bentley's a great quarterback. We know that he's got a good arm. We know that he is theoretically very accurate. The problem is, is that when things get tough, when the adrenaline gets pumping, there's only two responses the human body has. People are either fight or flight. People like Connor Shaw, They were fight guys. They got better when things got tough. Bentley, he's a fight guy. He cracks. I don't mean to hate on the kid. It's not his fault. But that's just how he's wired. He is wired to panic when his heart races and his adrenaline pumps. He's wired to fall apart. Wish the kid best in life. But the reality is, that is not how you win the big games in college football. I don't know if Ryan Luke is a fight or flight guy. I don't know if he's more like Connor Shaw or Jake Ben. I don't know. But I do know what Bentley is after four years. And I say we've got to give Helensky a try next week. And I don't like the idea of having a true freshman play for the team if we could possibly help it. But I don't think we can help it. Muschamp needs to realize that games are not practices. And he needs to coach to win games, not to look good in practice. 
All right, I've had my say. Go Cox. Yeah, Sean, I appreciate the call, man. Appreciate the voicemail. I mean, you you may, you make a lot of good points. Again, I agree with you. I'm I'm on I'm on, you know, I'm on board with you. I mean, I, I just think you've got to make a change. You got to make a change. I think you make some really good points about the practice first game type player, flight versus flight, fight versus flight. I, I agree. I agree 100%. What's going on, guys? This is Peyton. Um, wow. This one hurts as bad as uh, as bad as any of them going back to probably 2010 Kentucky. Uh, this one hurts bad. Um, it's inexcusable, but I'm not on the fire wheel must champ train yet. Um, I still like his uh, potential for South Carolina, and I don't think this one's on him. The story of the night is Jake Bentley. I've taken up for him for three years, but I'm done with it. He's got all the tools in the world, but he just he doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. He choked the entire second half. I sat in the end zone and watched him miss open receivers, not see them. Then when he did see them, he couldn't hit them. And then at the end of the game, I was just choked up. And I'm just done with him. Um, it took a long time for me to get here, but I'm here. And um, I think the only option for the rest of the year, I think they have to start Holinsky. And so be it. I mean, who cares? Um, it's getting some playing time, so hopefully we can be better in the, in the next couple of years because we've seen what Bentley can do, and he just can't do it. He can't win ball games, and um, it's just his time's up, and I've, I've had it. So, see y'all guys on the Charleston Southern. Hopefully, we can get them. Live. Appreciate it, Peyton. Yeah, I mean, again, kind of the same thing. I, I agree with you. I think you got to make a change. So. I think you've uh I think you've got to make a change for sure. So I'm gonna play a couple more here. Um let's see. Yep, play a couple more here. What's going on guys? Love y'all show, love what y'all doing over there at Spurs Up show. I'm gonna keep short sweet. Huh? My grandpa has bought season for years. I'm in the game park since I was five. My daddy had season tickets for years. We poured so much money in this program, man. And that's the result we get, man. That's just, it's sickening. It's very sickening. We need a change. I'm, I'm speechless right now, man. It's a joke of a program right now, man. And that's sad. It's very sad. Yeah, and that's about as raw emotion you're going to hear, man. No doubt. So. Hey, I'm Cole. I'm the current ULC student. I just want to talk, you know, the second generation Gamecock. Uh, my father played for the Gamecocks back in the 80s. I'm not a current player, but I just want to say today was just a total embarrassment. I know we didn't perform the way we need to, though. Line was giving James no time at all to throw the way he should be throwing. Uh, it's in the second half, and I feel like we should never, ever, and I mean ever, play in Charlotte again. Don't ever call Bank of America. I don't give a fuck. Shit, anything. Sorry for my language, but never should we ever play in Charlotte again. I hope the rest of the season, I hope it improves from here on out. Like it's not looking great. We have no business losing to them. They were not the better team today, but 
it is what it is. We lost, we lost. Uh, can't wait for Charles Sun next weekend. Go. I appreciate the voice from Nancy. I, I would disagree. I think they were the better team. And that's, that is, on that day at least, on Saturday, UNC was the better team top to bottom. And that's the scariest part of all, in my opinion. A couple more here, a couple more. We'll knock them out. Man, I don't know what to say, but all I have to say, that doesn't really make sense, but if North Carolina ends up being better than we thought, and we're just worse than we thought, the game doesn't look bad, but if we show up next week and Bentley has a shit game against Charleston Southern and we don't bench him, then what the fuck are we supposed to do? I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I think it's Holinsky season. Yeah, Alex, my dude, appreciate you calling in. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just uh... – I don't know. What's up, man? Um, I've been a South Carolina fan for, shoot, 13, coming on 14 years now. And, um, I've always supported Will Muschamp ever since he came in, despite the crappy seasons, despite some of the subpar recruiting. I've always supported him. And this is one time I am absolutely done. Um, I've always supported Jake Bentley, too. I've tried my best. Um and I, I'm done with him too. You know, you look at some of those plays. You look how uh, how it was Shai Smith was open the very last play of the game for a touchdown. How, uh, how he was just making stupid reads. And well, you know, maybe, maybe I can't even put it all on Jake Bentley though, because honestly, the kid's trying. Maybe he wasn't trying his best. Maybe he was. The offense, the the play calling, man, that was it was freaking atrocious. Like even it's fourth and two. Well, fourth and one, I forgot what it was. Like, what? And we're in the fourth quarter, and you're barely up. Like, what? Get the fucking first down, man. I don't I don't get it, man. Um. Anyways, I appreciate the show. Good luck, and um, see you later. I, I don't mean to laugh. I'm, I'm more laughing. I, I'm laughing with you, and I'm also laughing so I don't cry because I, I'm just so – I'm just so right there <laughs> – I'm just so right there with you. <laughs> well, this is directly after the game. And I just want to go ahead and point out, I don't think that this game rests on Jake Bentley's shoulders. This game rests on the play calling. Plain and simple, we weren't aggressive coming out, running the ball, you know, every freaking play. It's embarrassing loss. Uh, need to be more aggressive. Throw the ball to our playmakers. Let Tatum and Peach and them do what they do. And I don't know. I'm going to go give Trump. Uh, stay cocky. First up. <laughs> hey, you sound like me on Saturday night, too. Screw it. I'm going to get drunk. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. I love it. Love it. I mean, I, I honestly don't know what to say, but uh, here's what I think. You know, in the case of the NFL coaches, the game has evolved beyond a lot of the coaches. There's a lot of coaches who think, that you can still just play power football in the NFL and run downhill, and that's that. And that's what it seems like has happened to Muschamp. Uh, I don't know that the offensive play calling was conservative to just flat-out bad. I think the college game has evolved beyond Will Muschamp as the head coach, and he's either got to make changes in the ways the plays are called or figure out somebody else to start calling plays. And 
once you call a play, once you dial in a play, there were a lot of wide open throws that Jake just shanked. So it's one of those things where it's like you call the wrong play or when you call the right play, you execute it poorly. And that is entirely coaching. You can't expect kids to just properly execute every play you call and call it a day. That's entirely coaching in my opinion. And I don't know whether or not it's much champs a bad coach or he's just too much of a throwback. We've got a whole season left to figure that out and to figure out what to do with the quarterback position. But I hope to God it's not that he's a bad coach and that he's just too much of a throwback and he figures that out sometime between now and midnight Eastern Standard Time tonight. Thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate the voice, no man. I agree with you 100%. So, yep, 100%. Hey, guys, huge fan of the show, current student. Uh, this is Scott calling just because after watching the game, I'm abysmally sad. I just wanted to say that Muschamp needs to be fired and Jake Bentley probably performed the worst I've ever seen. There's no excuse for us to not go find a new coach. Um, we played like little girls, didn't go for anything, and I hope that the only good thing that comes out of the season is that Bentley never plays at our university again and Muschamp never coaches here again. So y'all keep up the good work. Uh, appreciate the coverage. I'm just absolutely ashamed at the performance of the Gamecocks today. Yeah, no, I, I hey, again, I think a lot of people are in the same boat as you, is that they would, they would love to never see Jake Bentley put on a South Carolina jersey ever again or see Will Muschamp grace the sidelines in Columbia ever again. So, All right, bro. Thanks for giving us a platform to kind of speak our minds a little bit after this bullshit just went on today. Uh, I've been watching Gamecock football for a long time. Seen some really terrible losses. Sat through all of Garcia's frustrating nonsense. And this is probably by far the most deflating out of all of them. And honestly, there's nowhere to go but I mean, you're rock bottom right now. You can't do anything. Offense can't move the ball. Defense couldn't stop anything. Our secondary looked like, I mean, I could have thrown on our secondary. It's terrible. Everything's terrible. And like Tory Gurley's video he put out, he said they all walking around with their chest out. I don't like their badass. They had done shit to earn any of it. So you got to pull the plug on everything at this point, honestly. Uh, it's not everything right now. You got to pull the plug on Bentley. I mean, he hasn't shown you anything in four years. No progress. Absolutely nothing. Had Shaw Smith open for the game winner. Overthrew him. His eyes were as big as sausage, man. He looked like he had his high beams on. Feet, feet were going all over the place the whole game. He couldn't sit in the pocket. He held onto the ball for too long. And he got outplayed by a true freshman quarterback that's never played at that game speed before. And it's unforgivable and it's inexcusable. And I hope Ray Tanner sees it and he does something about it. Honestly, he ought to be waiting at the bus for Muschamp and all them to get to the bus and tell them they got to walk home because they don't have a damn job anymore. But I guess we'll see what happens. All right, appreciate the voicemail. Appreciate all the voicemails, guys. To kind of do it for the voicemails, obviously a ton, as you mentioned. But I wanted to give you guys kind of, you know, give the fans, give the fans a platform, man. Vent, tell how you feel. You know, we got to use our voices to, you know, get this program back where it needs to be. So I appreciate you guys all calling in, leaving the voicemails. Uh, go ahead and jump into the interview, former Gamecocks 
shortstop Bobby Haney, 2010 national champion, friend of the show, been on the show before, had him come by the studio. Uh, phenomenal interview, obviously, but we had a great conversation. We did talk a lot of Gamecock football. You know, he's obviously an alum, still a fan, lives in Columbia. Um, so we did talk a lot of Gamecock football, um, baseball as well, his playing days, you know, Ray Tanner, different things like that. Uh, interview brought to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. SeatGeek, the best ticket buying app by far, the only ticket buying app I use, the only one I'd recommend. Uh, go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP. You're going to get $10 off your first purchase. If you still want to go to a South Carolina Gamecock football game, which I feel like doesn't seem as appealing now as it was before the North Carolina game, but whatever you're getting tickets to, <clears throat> whether it be South Carolina Gamecock sporting events, um, MLB, NHL, NBA, you know, NFL, really any concerts, comedy club events, doesn't have to be sports, literally anything and everything you can get tickets to. SeatGeek's got it. They've got a great ticket rating system for you guys where they rate the tickets for you based on the type of deal you're getting. So you'll never overpay for tickets again. They make it super simple, super easy. And really, SeatGeek does all the work for you and makes sure that you're getting the best bang for your buck when you get tickets. So, again, that's our friends over at SeatGeek. Please be sure to go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP, that's S-P-U-R-S-U-P, to save $10 off your first purchase. All right, enjoy this interview with former Gamecock shortstop Bobby Haney. All right, joining us today on the Spurs Up Show is a man that played for Gamecocks baseball from 2009 to 2010, hit 277 with seven homers and 54 RBIs, also is a college World Series champion in 2010 with the Gamecocks. I'm pleased to be joined by former Gamecocks shortstop and friend of the show, Bobby Haney. Bobby, appreciate you taking the time, man. It's good to talk with you again. So we were talking off air again, obviously, you're a baseball guy, which totally plan to get you back on the show when baseball gets back around, but had to bring you on. Let's talk some Carolina football because obviously it is – Sunday, the day after the Gamecocks season opening loss, 24-20 to to North Carolina. And one thing I was talking to you about that, you know, I found really interesting, which people that are at this point in the podcast, you've heard my thoughts and everything, and you, everybody saw the tweets and kind of how social media basically melted down. But one thing I thought was interesting I was talking to you about is just the way the alumni have reacted, you know. And once they start speaking out, that's when the voices really, really get loud. So, I mean, for you, obviously you're an alumni, you played baseball, but you were at South Carolina when – you know, the Gamecocks won their first SEC East title, and Steve Spurrier was kind of really getting things rolling. So, I mean, and as an alumni, like, what are your thoughts, I guess, on the from that first that game yesterday and then just overall the program, where it's, where yeah, it's headed? We don't feel like it's the first game because of what happened last year. At the yeah. end of last year, rolling into this first year, I thought it was just – we all think it's another game, and the fans, are, the fans are not happy, obviously. But I feel like, you know, in baseball, the players got to do their job and execute maybe a little bit more. And, but in football, you got your offensive guy, you got your defense guy, you got your lineman coach, you got, you know, whatever, your centers, whatever. But I feel like, I feel like something's got to be done with, with, with play calling with Jake's got to be set up in a better way or whoever plays after Jake or with Jake. And the offense was still, Coach Muschamp said it was good in the first half, but it wasn't, it wasn't rolling. Yeah. It was, Beaster was bouncing and Dowdle was yeah. bouncing, but it wasn't, it wasn't rolling offensively. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's, I agree with you. Something's got to be done. I mean, I, I talked to him. just not even sugarcoating. I mean, I think right now it's pretty clear to me that Will Muschamp and Jake Bentley have sort of lost the majority of South Carolina fans. I mean, as far as – like that game, like you were saying, that game felt like an extension of the Virginia game. It just right. kind of – like when I was yeah. in the stadium, it just sort of felt like we just picked up right where we left off. And did we score some right. points? Like, yeah, sure. But, like, the whole vibe of the game, the energy of the game, the momentum, like it just felt exactly the same. Exactly, vibe and energy, and it was it wasn't there, man. It wasn't there. Like, and when 
Jake did roll out or had an opportunity to throw, we weren't open. And of course, you know, obviously I know he puts a lot of heat on his passes and Edwards drops a ball. It's like, dude, nothing, 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 nothing is jelly. It's college <laughs> right. football. You got to throw, the, you got to throw downfield. I mean, your own scholarship to make those plays. You got to throw so, the ball. I mean, in the NFL, you got to throw the football. You can't, yeah. you can't, I mean, you establish the run. I get it. That's great. Good job. But where's the, where's the explosiveness against a mediocre team? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, to me, it was crazy. I mean, when you watch that game, like it was a, f- a brand new freshman starter against a fourth year veteran. And you, you could have right. blindfolded me. I wouldn't have been able to tell you which was which. I mean, Jake looked like the freshman to me. No. And what's his name? Howell? Howell. Sam Howell. Yeah. Dropping passes. Dimes. In. Dimes. I'm not trying to hate on Jake, but. No, no, no. I mean. Quarterback <clears throat> drop passes in. They have touch. There's yeah. touch. Just like I teach my young kids. Yeah. There's touch on some throws in the infield. There's touch. And the quarterback, if you don't, Jake, you got to rock it, but you got to have some more touch. You got to have some finesse, man. I mean, like, like you said, some of the balls, I mean, and I, we knew, or at least I knew coming into this week, like Sam Howell was a very highly regarded recruit. Like yeah. Florida State really wanted him. Like, so, I mean, the kid's got talent for sure. But for, and I, I left the game even saying, like, Sam Howell's a good player. Like, yeah. no joke, he's a good player, but you just can't let a true freshman dice you up like that. And especially when the defense has been getting talked about all offseason, our secondary guys are. Right. You know, Israel McQuamu, J.C. Horn, they're going to be shut down. Nobody's going to be able to throw on them. And, I mean, it was just yeah. – like I said yesterday, my, like my, one of the videos I put out, I said, this is very blah. Just nothing special. It is. Nothing stood out. No. Is what it is. Nothing to get excited about, no. especially to kick off the season. And we had to roll on Obama 2-0. And it's not going to happen. We had to. We had to. Yeah. Like you said, though, <laughs> it might have been good that we, uh, that we lost so we could make this a developmental year. Yeah. I mean, for, it our, has, for our boys. Yeah. I mean, like I was telling you, I mean, it's just – Obviously, I'm a Gamecock fan. I think anybody that saw everything, the videos, the tweets over the weekend, you can see the passion. I mean, we're all just fans. We're all just desperate for this program to to see some success or get back to where it was. So, But, you yeah, know, I mean, it's it, like in professional sports, it, it's why teams tank, for example, like pro franchises, because the worst place you can be stuck in is mediocrity. Whereas, like, when Jeff Fisher was going 8-8 eight eight every year <laughs> in the NFL. Like, that's the worst yeah. place to be because it's – you're just good enough to avoid really any harsh criticism or people losing their jobs, yeah. but you're bad enough to where you're never going to win anything of significance. So you just stay in the middle of nothing. Right. So, I mean, to me, it's like, w- would a win have been great? Sure. But at least now with a loss, there is the opportunity, like change is coming. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, we'll equate it to the baseball side, kind of what happened with the end of the Holbrook era. Like it got bad enough to where it was like, we've got to do, like, we got to do something. Yeah. And it was like, maybe it was, you know, you don't want to say it was a good thing, like maybe a blessing in disguise, if you will, or, you know, whatever. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's – there really aren't any positives, I feel like, hardly to take away. I mean, a couple of players stood out and, I guess, played with some intensity, but I hated just the attitude of the team. Just the whole approach, the, like you're saying, the momentum, like yeah, then everything. You get worried about at the end of the – at the end of the fourth quarter, Jake's nodding his head. And he's like, I got this, I got this. And But do you really have this? Do you yeah. have these guys under your wing? I don't know, but – Feaster played okay, I thought. Um, yeah. A couple guys played okay. Jason Horn had some plays, but. I thought Ernest Jones on defense looked good. One of the linebackers, he looked pretty good. But, I mean, you know, like you you, you haven't played college football, but you've been a guy who's been in a locker room. It doesn't matter. So, this you'll be able to understand this. Like, just coming from a guy, like, as far as mindset of a team and energy right. and believing in one another and, like, bringing that intensity, like, it's been three, really three straight games for South Carolina. If you go back to Akron, the second half of Akron, Obviously, the Virginia game yeah. and then this game, it's like the team just doesn't even look prepared to play. They don't even like they want to play a football game. Swag. Yeah. All I'm of a, it. I'm a big cocky guy. Like, 
just dude, if you're cocky inside your mind, not out loud, like an idiot, right, right, right. But if you're cocky, dude, quiet confidence, mind, right, just, right. I didn't. Know. You have to have that. Yes, and that's what we had, you know, on our teams, you know, because South Carolina baseball. But I feel like it, it goes away. People aren't. People are just like, yep, here we go. What's the slow? What's the saying? It's like whatever you believe, like it is. Like once you. Like, once you believe you've been beaten, like, you already are, pretty much. Yeah. Like, so what you kind of make your own reality. So, like, even if you're maybe – like, we're talking about a guy, Blake Cooper. Like, yeah. even you don't you don't throw the hardest. Maybe you're not the best pitcher in the country. But if you believe, like, yeah. you have that in your mind, like, when he was facing all these guys on Friday nights, he's like, I'm going to beat that guy. Exactly. exactly. I mean, when you have that mindset, like, yeah. a lot of times it works out, yeah. right. you know. So, uh, one thing we're talking about off the year I want to get your opinion on, obviously, is just kind of the – I guess it's sort of crazy for you to see the way things have shifted shifted for Ray Tanner. So obviously we'll we'll leave his job status and all this out of here. And I mean, obviously he's still the AD at South Carolina, but like how crazy is it for you as a former player, as someone that only knows I mean, really, most of us when I when you think of Ray Tanner, I, the one word I feel like you think of is winner. I mean, he's a winner. I mean, he just he won. Um so I mean, how crazy is it for you to just see kind of like what he's kind of having to deal with right now with trying to manage this whole thing? I mean, it, it's it's got to be kind of wild to see. Yeah, no, it's tough. I mean, you can't you can't make every single perfect decision, but he believes in he believes in Hush Champ and Coach Kingston. Obviously, they gotta they gotta be able to recruit the right players. It's not it's not Coach Tanner's job to recruit players, right? Right, right. No, you're right. It's their job to get them in and to what are we teaching these boys during practice, or what are we teaching their philosophy on their approach at the plate, or you know how to tackle guys, or how to you know how to draw plays on the offense, or how to communicate. I don't know, but. It's his job to hire the good coaches and to, you know, get, get good deals for the university. And, but, um, no, it's tough. He's, he's taking, he's taking some heat. And that's when you, you do take heat when you're at the top. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's the boss now. Yeah. So it's a little different. I mean, Hey, he took heat with you guys every now and then. I mean, you, you guys didn't make him take a lot of heat cause you guys, you know, those yeah. 10, uh, those 10, you know, when you were there, that was, there wasn't a lot of heat being passed around. <laughs> hey, if I'm on, if I'm on a losing team at Carolina, people aren't going to remember us. Right. Exactly. So we won. We had, we had we had some luck going our way, right? So oh yeah. Every out. every great team does yeah. that. Everybody you make just, your own luck. That's really the way you look at it. So everybody in the street thinks that you know we're all about winners. We're all winning. We win all the time. We're all about winning. But you know we had some bad times too. Right. We had some. We couldn't even hit before the Bucknell series, and now you know look what happened. But yeah. I don't know something. We're not getting a new coach tomorrow. Right, right, right. right? So something's got to be, you know, done within the within the system. Yeah, within yeah. The team. and I mean, I, I just think it's, you know, I, we were talking about, like, again, off air. I mean, I just – I think at this point, Will Muschamp and really Jake Bentley have lost this fan base. And, I mean, that, that is yeah. just being completely 100% transparent, 100% honest. To me, the only way that Will Muschamp can get this fan base back is make a change at quarterback. It's the only way. I mean, you have to give yeah. this fan base some hope because yep. – you know, I was talking with a buddy of mine a little bit earlier. I mean, Saturday's Coast or uh, Charleston Southern noon kickoff in the heat, over under thirty five thousand show up. People, I, I mean, you have literally people on social media saying they're not going to another game as long as Will Muschamp's the head coach. You gotta let people cool down a little bit. Yeah, you do. But I, I, you know, I mean, I, you know, people thought that I was overreacting, and like that's the funny thing. Like, I'm not really the one to have those type of reactions. I'm really not because yeah. I, I'm a yeah. true, real believer, and you can probably attest this, like Ray Tanner, for example. The coach gets way too much of the credit, way too much of the blame. Like, I mean, let's be honest. The reason you guys won a national championship in 2010 and 2011, the players were good. Players players make a coach, man. Like, if you have the right guys, obviously yeah. the coach has got to set the culture and the expectations yeah. and hold everybody accountable. But bro, if you got great players, I mean, they're going to make a coach look really good. You know what I mean? you like, got to have the players that want to battle during the situation. Right. 
Yeah. Like I said, they had better players before we got there. Yeah. They had Blake, Witt, Smoke, Havens, and Darnell. Yeah. Before we got there. Yeah, yeah. Now that's a good point. Morales, now you're... Uh, you know, D'Angelo Mack started playing, getting his playing time. Me and then Wingo started playing. And it was like, wait, these guys aren't better than the team we had. Well, they we fought, we fought harder. Yeah. We were we battled during during the uh, pressure situations. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's not what you know guys are doing. Yeah. I feel like accountability was like big with yeah. you. Like you guys held each like I don't feel like Tanner had to like you had like the you know, this was obviously Roth became who he was more ago in twenty eleven, but I mean you just had the veteran guys that right. were like Tanner didn't have to get to you. It was like, no. you know, the team, your captains, yeah. your seniors, they're going to get on. And then if you get to Tanner, like, once you've been – you've already kind of been through the ringer, you know what I mean? Yeah, Roth was one of those guys who he did not care. He's coming at you. He doesn't care. He's coming <laughs> right at you. He don't care. Yeah. If you go to the home run, he don't care. Yeah. Blake, same way. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just – like I said, it's crazy to see with Ray Tanner. Again, like you're saying, South Carolina's not getting a new coach tomorrow. So, I mean, it really comes down to what can we right. change in the now. Because there are 11 more games. I mean, like, and again, I, I'm not the one that likes to have, like, or that normally has the takes like that. But, you know, Saturday's game kind of just it broke me a little bit. Yeah. Because it's like, like I told you, the thing that bothered me more than anything was you had eight months to get ready. And you didn't even – and it looked like an un- – like, I, I tweeted yesterday – or tweeted Saturday. I was like, North Carolina just looks like they want it more. Yeah. They want it more than yeah. us. And that's, that is inexcusable. You, that, you, that just can't happen. <laughs> so, no, you uh, – they're doing, they're doing the hurry-up too, right? They're oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, they play in with pace. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. But there's no hurry-up with like a slant post, a real quick post or a slant. Yeah. And every other team's doing that. Even the Oregon game, it's like, what is that? Yeah. Why can't we do that more? I don't know. I'm not a and I mean, well, and it's also like you know, I I'm one that gave Jake Bentley so much crap last year, and I, I you know, right along with others, and heck, maybe I've been unfairly critical of him at times. Yeah. But right now, I think a lot of people were surprised to see that I didn't take it out on Jake Bentley. To me, it's just more so start from the top thing. I mean, this is this is so far beyond just one player. This is a whole. Yeah. It feels like it's a there's something culturally wrong. Jake's not like, calling the plays until the sixth inning, right. seventh inning, or the bunts, whatever, yeah, yeah. or the pitching change. Right. There's an offensive defensive guy calling stuff every second, isn't right, it? Right. Right. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. then checking with Jake every and play, yeah. with the defensive guys to see to, to all right, is that a good play? Let's mm-hmm. let's roll. Look up with the headpiece, whatever they got. But like, dude, the coaches that play a big role in football. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, I mean, you know, as far as Jake had a chance, you have a chance to win the game. I mean, you miss a wide open guy, and it's like, yeah, I mean, it's like some dude, like you're saying, like, but still, that's going to balance out every, every, every right, right, no, for game, sure, right. for sure. But it's like, Smith, Pat, we've, Pat, yeah, we've seen time and time again, but like with you guys in the 2010 nationally, like, you got to have the guys that mentally, like, they like that moment or right. they, they, they shine brightest when it gets the hardest, you know what I mean? And it's like, I just don't feel like we've like when when things get tough for Jay, he gets he panics. Mm-hmm. He's very erratic. He's inconsistent. He throws the ball up, and it's like hard, yeah. you know it's hard to overcome that. You know the best. Yeah. So let's let's actually talk baseball because you mentioned sure. Kingston right now. Obviously, the guys are going through their fall you know fall practices, kind of starting to get rolling. They'll be doing inter squads. They're having yeah. their one on ones, all that good stuff. I don't know if you saw. Did you see where uh, college teams are scrimmaging scrimmaging each other now? I yeah, yeah. That. I don't know if I. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, would you would you have been a fan of that? I don't I don't want to travel during the fall. Well, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> they wanna, yeah. They playing, these guys? Well, so I know last year they played like at Georgia Tech, which is crazy oh. to me. And it was the day of a South Carolina football game, which I mean, again, if you're a baseball player, you give up. And you just kind of you kind of give all that up because I mean, I tell people, yeah, when South Carolina beat Alabama in 2010, I was literally sitting in the bullpen at Newberry, 
So yeah. I missed I missed the entire game. I got out. We got out of there like five minutes left. So yeah. you, you just kind of sacrificed it. But so I mean, yeah. what after coming off the kind of season they had, obviously where it was just it was abysmal. Let's just call it what it is. That was a bad. That was a bad year. What are the what if anything would you say? Because now you're coaching now too. Like, what are the yeah, biggest things that does anything need to change necessarily for this fall? For or is it just getting back to the I think, basics? Or I think to talk about on 107.5 too about the approach of the hitters. Right. I think I think we're uh, you know Coach Kinks is a big uh, you know let's lift the ball, let's get it up in the air. Big know, big trajectory. Yeah yeah. Uh, one of the <laughs> yeah. big hitters was it uh, Luke? Oh, Luke Barrio, yeah, one yeah. of the big time hitters that came. Out of nowhere with 11 or 12 home runs, which yeah. is great. But, I mean, we need – maybe we need a little more small ball. We need a, we need actual lead off. Got to cut down the strikeouts. Yeah. You Whereas, got to. Uh, I think we were struggling. We did, we'd have a leadoff hitter. I don't know. It was with one and two, and then it was Marzilli. That yeah, came out of Marzilli, nowhere. So, now yeah. we drop with the two. Jackie three, Walker to four. So, Just murders right, yeah, we don't right really, there. Yeah, we don't really have a leadoff guy hmm. to really get it going. Noah's trying to yeah. get it going, but he, he just – I mean, I kind of relate to that. I just never – I never – Right. I was kind of – and they want, I think they wanted him to be that guy too. Yeah, and it, and, it, and it was at some point you just like, we have to move him down the lineup. This seems yeah. like one for his last 20. Yeah, he's just, I don't know. It looks like he's trying to, you know, pull balls too. Go the other oh, way. Oh, yeah. Go yeah, the oh, other yeah. way. Be that, be that, be that wit guy or, you know, be that Marzilli, that leadoff guy to open yeah. up the whole field instead of, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't work there. So I don't know. What's right, right, yeah. Coach. Well, I, I, I saw this with Carl, Carlos Cortez. And now with Noah Campbell, I feel like they, they – do you notice, like, do they, like, spin off the ball really hard? Right. Like, those guys are finishing their swing and, like, jumping out of the box this way. And I'm like, right. how are you ever going to hit a ball this way? Right. Like, how? It worked for Carlos more because he, you know, successful – I mean, he still hit 260, which was right. great, but he had his 15 home runs. Right, right, right. And if you do that, you have to be able to poke the ball. Out. Right. did not he have better hitters surrounding him too? Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, that – yeah, I and mean, this was still kind of – in the middle of the Holbrook era where, like, there was still right. kind of a lot of talent left over from yeah, 12, 13. And, then, yeah, yeah, Alex Destino was there. Right. Like, yeah, you had some sluggers around him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Barry Hill comes out of nowhere. Um, I can't remember too many other guys, but it's been a while since baseball season ended. But change the approach of the plate and, obviously, less injuries. I mean, you got to – Yeah. Injuries are crazy. Injury bug. Right. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I was at that Clemson series when Carmen Majinski just – I've never seen something like that where a dude just is going through his motion, just land. He's like, I broke my foot. Like, how does that happen? I, I don't understand how that can happen. But, I mean, apparently he got healthy, tore up the Cape Cod League, which we were joking, in the, you know, off the air, the Cape Cod Gamecocks. We have, all, you know, Noah Campbell's another one. I mean, that's, that's literally all we heard about before last season was, man, Noah Campbell tore up the Cape Cod. It's the best. And, I, I mean, I was saying that, too. Like, I was like, hey, because, you know, I mean, you played in the Cape Cod, right? No, did you? Not. You did not play. Okay. Couldn't get in. That's a shame. You you know, I mean, yeah, no, you know the bad. kind of talent that's in the case. No, like, it's big-time yeah, guys. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. These are big-time. Like, so, like, you don't just go up there and hit 350 on accident. No, no, no. So, it's like, yeah. what is the disconnect of when you're playing over the summer Cape Cod versus you get to college where you're like, okay, this should actually be a, kind of an easier transition. Right. Because, I mean, hell, what, your first, what, two, three weeks you're playing non-conference, yeah. which with all due respect, I mean, it's smoke. not an SEC competition. Yes, smoke those. Right. You have to. I mean, that's – I feel like you guys, team, that's kind of like, all right, we're going to get our stats up a little bit, get a couple, yeah. couple knocks, couple home runs, you know. Yeah. ERAs are going down this week. Like, yeah. Like, RPI. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't give up to these teams. Don't, don't think you're going to just pad your stats and leave. You better get a win, too, yeah. because at the end of the season, it's going to hurt you. No, we were saying earlier, I mean, you're, you guys, team, 20, did not lose a midweek game. I mean, that, that yeah, is – bro, I, I mean, you could be the best – I mean – 
that's such an underrated stat, I feel like. Because, I mean, you know, you just look – you look across the country. I mean, there's always these weird midweek upsets, like these just random out-of-nowhere teams. I mean, heck, look at – not maybe not this past year, really. Look at South Carolina the year before. You're losing to Presbyterian. You're, I mean, like just, just yeah. losses that really – I mean, because – I'm I'm one which baseball Twitter is very interesting. Obviously, it's not football Twitter where like right. you know there's not everybody's a huge diehard baseball right. fan. You know that, but South Carolina's got one of the best fan bases yeah. for baseball. But it's like yeah. it's always <clears throat> interesting when people are reacting to these midweek losses. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm I'm always the guy because you know playing the game you're like hey it's baseball like they 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 had us that night they threw a guy that was good whatever. Yeah. But at the same time like after a while you're like all right this is getting a little out of hand yeah. like this is. You know, you're South Carolina. Right. You're not supposed to lose this game. I mean, Coach Nick told us was uh, reevaluating, but yeah, the midweek games, we uh, you have to take care of your offense that night because you're going to throw your midweek guy who's trying to fit right. into the, the weekend rotation, right? right? Right, Like Belcher was always trying to stay in that Sunday spot with us. Mm-hmm. And he was doing midweek and dominating, but we would dominate with the bats. You right, know, we right. had to put up six against Wofford instead of, you know, four. Right. Eight against Presbyterian instead of, you know, five, whatever. But, yeah, you got to dominate offensively, and we're just – I think we let you look at the columns of uh oh we were dude we were terrible everything every similar. stat we were terrible home runs are <laughs> home runs are 20 more than every team in the sec but strikeouts are double or something insane insane so maybe i mean you know Kings <clears throat> is looking at all that stuff right now man. well i mean south carolina what was leading the country in home runs going into conference play i mean yeah. do you i was gonna ask you that just like conference just, play though well just as a and that's that's where the the men are separated from the boys Clemson I mean, doesn't even the Clemson was not even part of right tournament, which really. thank, thank i mean obviously thank god we got off the schneid against those guys this past year fun. but that was the one highlight of the that entire season highlight. just being at founders park watching us spank them that was, good that, was that was a great feeling especially that after was. the uh the culture comments from uh, that was a fun series for yeah. sure so yeah yeah but no so i mean for you as a just as a hitter not even talking south Carolina baseball but it kind of ties into it like do you feel like even since you were playing i mean with all the launch angle and like all these fancy terminology they want to use for hitting, like it, like for with South Carolina struggles, is it is it a South Carolina thing or do you think it's like an overall the way a hitter's approach? Like, because I mean, you've probably heard like Josh Donaldson talk about hitting, and he basically said like, right. you don't get to the big leagues hitting singles, you're hitting no. that you need to hit bombs. But like you're saying, like I don't feel like you have really high quality all around hitters anymore. No. Because of the commitment to the home run. Yeah. By the way, people who are listening, this is launch angle is the angle the ball leaves your bat. Yes. Not the (laughs) angle of your body getting into a launch angle, but it's called the launch position. But so, no, I mean, we got to be able to go the other way. That's what hurt me in my career. And that's why I'd I'd be in the dugout and be mad at a strikeout. And I would look up and Walker's hitting a backside double. Backside double. And then he'd hit his home run. Hmm. And Witt would be hitting his backside single. Same backside. That's my oh, yeah. would drop a bunt down. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking. I'm just. I'm just trying to. Sorry, I'm a big comparison guy. I'm just trying oh, yeah, to yeah, no. compare it to, you know, 2010 or 11. Even when me and Wingo were struggling, we'd be pulling. And then when mm-hmm. Wingo goes the other way, he's hitting 290. Yeah, he's hitting 305. Hitting, I mean, you, you I mean, I feel like that's the biggest thing hitters struggle with, right? Is just going backside. Like, that's, right. When you're going backside, Bernie Williams, Abreu on the Yankees 10 years ago. That's when they're going their best. That's what they. Right, that's right. what the announcers are always saying. You know. Brian McCann comes to mind where he's just pulling. He's, he's getting paid to pull. John Carlos getting paid to pull. Judge hits 280 every year because he goes backside home runs. He right. doesn't. I mean, he's the strongest guy. Right. Oh yeah. Too. Freak. But yeah. Just 
lose the other field, but um, I think the Buns will come back more. Into you think so? In really? Baseball. I think so. My brother is a scout with the Blue Jays, so he's, he's saying that it's all going to come back down to earth, you know, in the next five, five or six years. So which, do, do you think it's a – because, you know, just what was it? Justin Verlander was complaining about the balls being juiced, or was that was, – I think it's great. That was him. Yeah, all he's given up. He he had given up what like the most yeah. home runs in the big leagues by the All Star break. Yeah, and he, he threw a no hitter uh, two hours ago. Yeah, so, so I mean, whatever that that makes sense. But, but do you uh do you think the balls are juice? You, you think MLB's I mean, trying to wound tighter? Obviously, you know that means juice, that just I seems guess. like a pitcher complaining yeah. though, doesn't? It? Maybe, yeah, a little bit. I'm not a, I'm not a pitcher guy. I see, I was a, see, I was a pitcher, so I'm like, you know what? That just that sounds like a. I feel yeah. like pitchers. They're, they're, they're we're, we're sensitive. We we we'll come yeah, up with because you pitch once a week. You know, you get lit up. You, know, one day. you have to think about that all yeah, week. You got to think about it. So you got to kind of shut your mouth, dude. We're trying to hit a, we're trying to hit a, you know, two and a half inch ball coming at ninety <laughs> miles an hour every single day, and it's, uh, it's hard. It's Who, who's so, your favorite hitter to watch right now? Like the guy, like I, I know it's probably especially for you breaking down his swing and stuff. Like who's the right. one hitter you're you're back watching? Hip, getting into his back hip, it's separating, you know, going forward, his hands going back, uh, creating a good, you know, rubber band effect like we're talking about all over Instagram, the internet, Judge. Um, yeah, Aaron Judge, um, Bellinger's extension, Yelich, how he gets, you know, loaded, nice and controlled. That's what these young kids, you know, they're not. But but South Carolina did a great job of that. The Clemson mm-hmm. series was, it was, it was like, wow, this is what this is what it's gonna be like. I think. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, we hit that, we hit that little slide. So. Uh, wouldn't you? So I, I would argue this too that, and we talked about Smoke Havens, Darnell, Disher, right. those teams, you know, before you. But obviously, that was. The culture of South Carolina baseball was great. I mean, obviously, and it still is. But I feel like the teams that live and die by the home run, like it's that's just that's not a good way to make a living, you know. Because yeah. I mean? when it's hot, it's hot. When it's there, but like you saw with South Carolina, it's like yeah. you have to be able to do something else because you're not always going to hit bombs. Like yeah. You just you can't always depend on it. Right. Even though you're not bunting, you still got to put pressure on the defense. Right. Yeah, right. We just really, play the ball and play. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah, especially with two strikes. I think a lot of. Like they were saying on the radio, too many, too many strikeouts. We're swinging through balls just on one zero counts, two zero mm-hmm. counts, just swinging through balls. Yeah. Instead of making solid contact, not for a home run, but for a line drive. But you gotta get your pitching staff back. I don't really know too much about the bullpen. Yeah. But well, it's like you said too. I mean, it was funny. We were kind of joking for the show. I mean, it's college baseball. Just put the ball in play. The kid's bound to make an error. Yeah, I mean, these aren't nice. the best. Defi- you know, it's not the best yeah. defense. Not every team's got Scott Wingo and yeah. Bobby Haney and Adrian Morales in their infield. Like, it, you know. Arenado, Machado. Whatever, base. yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not bad. Dude, put it in play. Yeah. I mean, Do something, man. Yeah, so. Yeah, but how, how big – I mean, this is this has got to be a pretty, like, monumental year for Kingston, right? I mean, I you know, again, it's not like, hey, your job is in the line. But, I mean, yeah. first year, you're a game away from Omaha. Second year, have a terrible, forgettable season. It's like year three. It's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, who? Which one are you? Are you that Omaha guy? Or are you the, you know? Yeah, I don't think we're at Omaha yet. No, no. I mean, I yeah, don't either. But yeah, I'm saying, yeah, like, right. as far as yeah. we got to see something. Yeah. No, we'll definitely see. Well, Carmen's healthy. Yeah. Um, we need to, uh, you know, we need some leadoff guys, like I said. Mm-hmm. But Saturday and Sunday, there's gonna be guys battling out for that spot. Like we had, you know, even after I left, there was Schmidt, um, Crow. Yeah, that would do. That was a that was a nasty rotation. Yeah, like what? Like where are those guys? Yeah. Where are those? Are dude, those that guys? that rotation of Schmidt, Crow, and Hill. I remember specifically. I think was ranked like the best rotation in college baseball. Yeah. Now, now Clark got hurt, and yeah. you know, I know Will battled some injuries, but I mean, that, just on paper, those dudes were disgusting. But that's what you need in the SEC. Yeah, to have a chance. You, you have to have the time. I mean, and I think honestly, I think if you listen to Kingston last year, like post games, he, he kind of even admitted like. We don't have the guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah, when right. Carmen went down right. and, like, 
he's just like, we don't have the guys, man. Like you could hear it in his voice, like what he was saying. Maybe he didn't say that exact thing, right. but he doesn't. No, he doesn't go home. No, no, no. He's got the. He's got. The it's like we have the definitely. players. We're just not winning. It's like. No, he goes. No, nah. <laughs> he goes home and he knows exactly what he's got. Yeah, he's a baseball guy. He's exactly, baseball and it's like you. Yeah, you see it. I mean, you live baseball. It's pretty easy to see, like. And like, like you said, when you're facing Florida, Vanderbilt, I mean, look at Vandy's starting pitching. You know, that's what, yeah, that's what, insane. That's what every single year, there's two or three horses yeah. out there every year, and they're they're at the end at the end of the year, they're you know only 20 games over 500 or even 10, but they're there because their pitching staff, their bullpen. Yeah. So, so what's the uh, obviously you know you're doing your stuff with uh, <clears throat> the instructional stuff. I, I know anybody that probably follows you sees all the stuff on Instagram, yeah. Twitter, all that good stuff or whatever. What's the biggest thing right now you're you're focusing on with, and I'm sure and I know there's multiple things you talk about, but like what's the what's the big thing you're hammering home when you're teaching kids right now, instructing kids like honestly, which, which is kind of hard because they're only 11 or 12. Body right. control, right? Body control. You know, we talked about it. You know, not to go back to Jake, but <clears throat> there's not enough control for him to put a little bit on that pass. It's right. just it's all one motion bull in a china shop. Let's get it here. Let's get it there. Have some feel. Have some finesse, like you were saying. But, uh, yeah, controlling their lower half when they're swinging, you know, body control and getting – obviously, every instructor is going to say this, but getting into a good position to hit and field. The position mm-hmm. they get into before, you know, the balls hit to them is terrible sometimes, and the position they get into when they land before they hit is you – know, they're not ready to hit. So, that's what we're working on every day, these young kids. Well, what's the thing that bothers you the most about what's being taught at, like, the uh, – at, at that level? Because, I mean, I, I – uh... I volunteered and coached a, a little league baseball team, right. like 12, 11, 12, 12, 13, that age range. Told myself I'd never do it again because the, the dads were just – it's terrible. I mean, baseball is a – it's yeah, that type right. of game where it's like dude, the parents – some of the parents are just awful. So, I mean, what's the thing that you are seeing that you don't like, you don't like I guess, that's being taught or being just kind of the culture of the game, I guess? I'm lucky. I've had some good parents. You know, right. This year hasn't been, hasn't been too crazy. But I think some other instructors or some parents – say he's, he's too young to learn that no 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 he's not no if we're going to teach that at the big league level or pro level or college level we're going to teach it right now right so when you're 15 16 you're getting your looks from you know whether it's big schools or small schools oh don't have don't have him leg kick no he's no he's going to <laughs> he's going to have a small leg kick because he's going to get back right, right. back leg and his back hip whatever so but no just teach him to stand there and just kind of use his hands and hit no no nope, right that's the wrong way why do you think people do that i mean just is, let me, let me ask afraid, you that they're afraid to fail. They're and that's what I was going to say. Do you feel like, I feel like what the biggest problem is like parents of kids, they value success at literally way like, dude. And I tell and you would attest to this. And like, dude, if you're at the college level or if you're in a minor league locker room, major league locker, like if you're still talking about your stats from when you're 12, you're probably not a very good player right now. Problems. Yeah, we got you problems. have problems. Yeah. I mean, nobody's bragging about winning the Dixie Youth right. Championship right. when they're 20, 22 years yeah. old or something? I mean, I mean, I feel like middle school and high school are development. College is about kind of winning because you right. got a guy with a big oh, yeah. job at a division yeah, yeah. like, you know, Coach Kingston. And then minor leagues is for sure development. And that's right. kind of where we learned our – you know, we learned a lot of our – you ask, ask all these hitters and outfitters, I bet you the things that Jackie learned about the outfield, even though mm. he's a freak out there, <laughs> I bet you he learned so much stuff at the minor league level in double A and yeah. triple A with those Boston guys, how they read balls or what do they think about shift and all that stuff. So you, it's about development. And when people want to develop at age 10, you know, they get it. And then when people don't, they want to get like championships and make sure their son is on a winning team because they're scared right. for their son to keep failing and having a bad week. 
It, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, <laughs> sorry, dude, isn't isn't Jackie a freak, man? They're just talking about. I mean, he's he's a highlight reel. He's a living highlight reel. It's it, it's so <laughs> nonchalant. It's almost. I mean, I don't know. How much better is he now than he was in college? And he was one of the best in college baseball. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. He would never hit. He would never hit me on the cutoff because right. he has such a strong yeah, arm, which kind of made me mad. But uh, <laughs> he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to hit hit cutoff man. But no, he's like I think I think he's almost as good as Griffey. I don't watch Griffey too much. Right, right, right. On Seattle, but. I don't know. I think he's, he's the best. Dude. Yeah, I've he's heard people best. say they think he's the best defensive center fielder they've ever seen. And I mean, I wasn't alive when Willie Mays. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, it, it's just, recency bias, I'm sure, but like he's probably one of the best. He, he jumps. He has a cannon, but like you said, he only runs a six eight or six seven. But he yeah. gets reads. He gets ridiculous reads, and that's what it's about. Now, yeah. and that's got that had to be a fun outfield to see out there. Jackie Witt. I mean, just no ball. I mean. Nothing's dropping. Yeah. Nothing's dropping. Oh, he's dude. A, he's a, he flies. Dude, I, funny story about Matthews. Because I, I played at North Augusta. I remember we played White Knoll in the playoffs. And we had a guy, um, which I don't know if you guys can hear. It's like pouring rain outside. But we had a guy that uh, they were in the playoffs, hits like a line drive left center field. I mean, the ball couldn't have gotten more than 10 feet off the ground. I mean, automatically, like, as soon as he hits, it's like, boom, in the gap, go, go, go. Matthews coasts over and catches it. I'm like, how does he get – like, how did he get that ball? Like, dude, his speed was yeah, crazy. Yeah, because he, he was a guy I felt like he hit 250 with his legs. Like, just mm-hmm. put the ball in the infield. Yes. Dude, yeah. ain't naughty throwing you out. Yeah. Fly, for sure. yeah. Now, so, you talked about kind of – because I think it's funny. So, when you got to South Carolina, like, your first couple practices, like, adjusting the speed of the game where you had a ball come to you and you're, like, patting your glove and you're like, oh, crap. Like, you – like, yeah. talk – I mean, that that speed adjustment. Like, yeah, I don't at, know why, but Parker Banks jumped out <clears> the line <throat> when he's hitting and just a line – like, a line one-hop shot, like, right past – not not to me, but it was in the six hole, and I was like, that's a little different. That's a little different. That's a little different <laughs> speed right there. And then, like, SEC came into my mind, and I was like, all right, calm down, calm down. Just, just ground balls. <laughs> and the field's the best field you'll ever play on in your life. So, just just making the adjustments at the higher level, you get you, – you, you got to adjust. Yeah. Obviously, you know – SEC is tougher in the minor leagues. I didn't adjust, but you got to be able to make adjustments when you when you jump to that next. You got to ask your you got to ask your coaches too at junior college and be like, "Do you think I could play in the SEC? Do you think I could play? You know, at that next level?" And be like, "Yeah, of course. You just got to you know work your butt off." But some people are going to shoot you straight and say right. yes or no. So, How hard is it to win a national championship? No, it's 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 it's, it's a little bit of luck too. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard. You got to be the last. What? Not even. Let's not even talk about the eight teams standing. I feel like the regional gets crazy. Yeah. The regional gets crazy. Some, something happens with the first game. Then you're <clears> down. You know, you got to throw your number three guy. Something doesn't work. And then super regionals, obviously that team is going to be as good as you or better. Mm. Um, like ECU or, you know, UNC, they always come up in the supers against us. So, you got you to gotta take care of business. But it's, dude, it's tough. Omaha I, is ridiculous. I was going to say, so there have been – People have talked about possibly changing the postseason format to do an all three game series. How, do you like the regional format, or are you? Because one, the one thing I will say that I agreed on what they're talking about is that, like, the worst thing for a regional is when it's like two random teams playing. It's like two o'clock on a what is it like? Yeah. Front, but there's like nobody there. Like, I do like the idea that like everybody gets their own home series. Like, crowds are going to be great. Yeah. But, like, the regional format is, is kind of cool. Like, I do like yeah, it. Yeah, no, I like it. I think it's no, one of the funnier things, though, is when a team's hosting a regional, they get knocked out, like, 0-2. And, and so, I mean, you've just got these random teams playing their part. I mean, that has to be, like, that, the, that that has to be the worst feeling as a player. Yeah. Like, well, 
we're out of our own regional. We got to watch. Yeah, I never had yeah. a regional, but no, 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 yeah, yeah. If you get, if you get, you know, uh, whoever Quinnipiac from New York, yeah. uh, coming down here and just you know getting, you know, playing good but getting lucky and beating UNC and then knocking them out, right? That's, I mean, that's ridiculous. You gotta, yeah. we're, you know, that they're the better team. So you gotta put them against a low seed, obviously, just like the NCAA tournament, you know, for basketball and. It's our job to, you know, beat up on them. Yeah. I, I feel like yeah. baseball is the last <clears throat> great sport in the regard. Like, there's still yeah. parity. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. And, and, like, for example, and this is one reason, like, why we all love South Carolina baseball is because – and I think Kingston's going to get it back to that level. But you just genuinely feel like every year, like, we have a chance to win it all because we've done yeah. it before. Like, we have a legit shot yeah. versus football where it's like, bro, the sad reality is there are maybe four to five teams every year that even have a chance – at winning the national championship yeah. and ba baseball is just, it's, yeah. I mean, you can have those Cinderella's. I mean, I mean, I still think it's, I still think it's crazy looking back that coastal Carolina won the, like they yeah. won the college world series right. coastal. Yeah. Like I'm not, I mean, the coastal's got a great program, but, yeah, but the fact that a program like coastal can win it all, but they weren't consistently, you know, in Omaha. So right. Like right, you right. said, they had that Cinderella year. Kind of. And they had good ball players too. Now. I don't yeah. even, they had really, really good players. So, but, Appreciate it, Bobby. Always a pleasure. Obviously, we'll get you back on uh, baseball season comes around because, I mean, I know me, I get fired up. And, I, again, this is going to be a very, very big year for everyone involved with Carolina baseball kind of getting it because it's funny. You know, I talked about the alumni with football and just alumni period that are freaking out. I know, I know a lot of you guys look and you're kind of like, you know, we want to want to see it get back. I mean, yeah, it's, you know. Be proud of, you know, you know, we're always going to be proud, obviously, but want to be able to look back and, and say, you know, we went to school here our team's doing well you know like I said calling my dad up after Penn State wins my dad went to Penn State and they right. went 79-7 and I don't call him back yesterday because right. of what happened <laughs> to our team yeah so, you don't even want to talk about it yeah so it's I, tough but we'll see we'll see after the win next yeah, weekend yeah for sure I, I I can tell you real quick before I let you go I you know this is kind of off record whatever but uh, not not calling any names out specifically but uh I kind of felt like one of the biggest problems that South kind of had, like after you left and going into 14, 15, six, like it seemed like to me culturally wise. And I think this, you could argue, you know, this kind of still happens. This, this kind of still happens is just, we have guys coming in that are kind of living off the hard work you guys put in and that entitlement. Right. And oh. like we have, you know, it's like, it's like Tory Gurley said, he's like, you, you guys haven't done anything like you. I mean, you're getting treated like kings because you you know when you're blessed to come to a school like South Carolina like you get treated well you get gear you but like Very this well. is your this team hasn't won anything it's just just like 11 2011 like bro that team hasn't won anything like when coming in it's like hadn't won anything I mean it's so I, I don't know I saw I saw a lot of that I I, I don't know I, I yeah I talk, I think I I didn't even bring it up but I can't mention his name but I was talking to a guy that was playing pro ball at the time in 2013 when I was in Omaha right I think or Maybe, maybe in, I don't know, maybe in North Carolina or somewhere. But I was talking to him, and it's like, some of these guys, they just, they feel like they're entitled, man. Hmm. I think they feel like they're entitled. I might, he wasn't there, but right, right, saying, right. I think these guys feel like they're just, you know, yeah, this is, I deserve this. No, you don't. You don't, just, you, you haven't done anything yet. Yeah. You just got here. You know? Yeah. Just like I felt, just like we felt when we come in after, you know, smoking all those guys. You, you guys, you guys got big shoes. And, you ain't going to fill them with 20 home runs, all three of you. You know, <laughs> whatever you do, like smoking Darnell and Havens and all those guys in Disher, but you better do it a different way or try to. So I, I wish social media would have been as big, like, 
like from like I wish it would have came around like two thousand because I'd love to get like segments like Tanner mic'd up like with those guys because awesome. <clears throat> I mean what people told me is like he literally just said singles clog the bases like we're dropping bombs especially with those teams <laughs> like single single bomb yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what was it blooping and blast we're right back yeah. in this thing yeah and that's it yeah <laughs> or calling time with two strikes yeah <laughs> it's o two I'm getting dominated he calls, yeah. he calls time like <laughs> in the middle to, of the at bat man to battle here is two it's two strikes. I feel like coaches do that a lot now, though. And I'm always like, yeah. why? Or, like, one thing Skylar Mead does a lot, he loves to call time in the middle of an at-bat, which for me is like, I know I would have hated that. Trendy. Like, dude, yeah. let me, you know, come on. It, it's the, like, it's 2-1, coach. Like, what are you coming out there to say? Never like, unless it's, that. like, a huge yeah. mashup. Like, I guess I get it. But, I mean, I see coaches doing that all the time. Coach Tanner did it in 09. I was like, what is, what is going on right now? <laughs> in the middle of my yeah. bat. Are you, even allowed to, are you even allowed to call time right now? <laughs> like, get, get out of here. But it, oh you loved it. God. It worked. That was the culture. You, it works. Yeah. It works. We go to Omaha every five years. So, it works. So, yeah. Sure. Perfect. All right. Well, hey, Bobby. What kind of work do you do? Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.